This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. St. Patty's Day and the baseball world is green with envy. Steve McCohen has the Mets chasing the pot of gold at the end of the National League rainbow. And yes, despite the magically delicious lucky charms he's already gathered, they still need a proven lefty for the bullpen. And yes, the Braves just won a World Series and the Phillies just signed Kyle Schwarber. But this is a day to raise a pint and thank the good Lord above, especially for Steve Cohen's checkbook. The St. Patty's Day podcast is nice. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Let's get lead out. Mets in the morning to you. Of course, on March 17th, we're going to take horrible, inappropriate liberties. I'm sorry, inappropriate liberties. Forgot the apostrophe, lads and lassies. By the way, how close is our theme song to Tessie by the Dropkick Murphys? Two, three, four, Tessie! The dropkick Daniel Murphy's, thank you. If you're offended, I owe apostrophe apologize. And if I call the Mets second baseman D.H. Robinson Leprechano, uh, I hope he'll someday forgive me. He is represented by Shamrock Nation. See what I did there? We'll get you over to Clover Field, of all places, where there was an intra-squad game. Plenty of singling and doubling. Sorry. Have they traded for former Blue Jay Darwin Blarney yet? All right. All right. I'll stop. Wait, I just have to take this call. My cell phone's ringing. Hello? Who? Who's calling? The Pipes? Oh, the Pipes. The Pipes are calling. From from what? From air to air and ore to meadow? Yeah, no. No, I'm good. No, I don't need information on my car's warranty. Thank you. You guys know what's better than Ireland? Long Ireland. All right. Okay. All right. Jeez. Uh, an actual spring training game will occur this weekend. There's a little intra-squad thing that happened actually yesterday, too. Scherzer pitched and Dom Smith took him deep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's going to be an intra-squad scrimmage today, and we'll have info. We got news. First, we have the manager of the New York Metropolitans talking to the media. And Buck Showalter, take my mic, please. Is it dark in here? A little dark. A little bit, yeah. Only on your side. That's good. I thought it was a little older. You're afraid things are getting dimmer. Me or you? Steve, start nope. uh, Medically, I'm thinking pretty good place. Pete seems to be doing well from the accident. Robbie feels good. You guys know Starling's uh, moving along well. Walker came out of yesterday really good. So, so far so good. Nothing... It's jumped out as yet. I, I just met with a reason I was a couple of minutes. I wanted to talk with the trainer before I came down here, make sure I didn't miss something during the workout. Uh, 
What else? What, what's the next step for Marte at this point? How close is he to? Yeah, there's this thing called day to day. Sorry, it's, it's getting better. It's making progress. He's doing a little bit more each day. Not really quite ready to go in the K, you know, to swing yet. But there might there there's a progression they're following. What'd you take out of Max's outing today? Good. Got through. Felt really good physically and got his four innings in. He'll probably be at 10 by the time we leave here, huh? <laughs> Buck, last year at times, especially with <clears throat> with uh, Jeff and, and Francisco, there was, um, I guess, a lack of, of experience dealing with some of the, the shifts that the team had him in. I saw today you guys... Who are you talking about now? Which Jeff one? and... So it's Jeff, Jeff and Francisco. Yeah, trouble with the shifts and and where, especially during double plays, where. Uh, I'm assuming you, that was the situation. You know, that was what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So, I saw today you guys had the defense already starting to to shift in sim games. Is is it important, even in this shortened spring training, to get those guys to just experience kind of reps rather than just mentally thinking about what you need to do in each situation wherever these guys are positioned on the field? Yeah, I think uh, especially the last part of the spring, but uh, early on we're just trying to get our, our bats and plate appearances, I should say, and innings played, get the physical part of it. But those things go on a lot behind the scenes, you know, talking about those things. I know Joy and, and uh, our people that help us uh, with that, uh, they've, they've been moving at a pretty good clip with it. So... It's not something – no, our, both of them have been very receptive to all the things that we're going to ask them to do. Who wants to be next there? Nobody. What do you think of the current New York City rules prohibiting – that would prohibit unvaccinated players from playing home games? Yeah, I've heard some of the talk about it and what have you, and, you know, we'll let that run its course and see where we uh, – where we end up, not at a point where, you know, right now we're just trying to get ready for the season. And uh, those things have a way of, you know, resolving themselves one way or the other. When, when it all clears, we'll see what we got and adjust. But, you know, players, you know, it's not on a hot topic conversation at this point, but I understand the possibility of it becoming one. Do you think that if it came down to it, some of the unvaccinated guys would get the shot for the sake of playing at home? I don't know. I have to ask them. I, I wouldn't infringe on that and ask them that. That's their personal decision. But I don't know. What do you think? You think? I tried to ask them. They weren't. Uh... <laughs> You're getting a better response from me than you got from them. Right? <laughs> Actually, you sounded just like them, to be honest. <laughs> That's Harold's talking points. <laughs> now, if if we were getting those, do we have any of those? Do you do that? You do talking points. You would never put words in somebody's mouth. You, you, you would just make a suggestion. Why isn't it? What do we got? What else? Before I say something really stupid. I'm punch drunk. Uh, Tim Britton, go ahead. 
Um, you, you know, saw McGill, Peterson, and Yamamoto today. How do you kind of look at those maybe depth starting pitchers and, and kind of how you put them in a hierarchy at this point, especially with Carrasco and, and Walker potentially behind? You, you know, the, the behind you talking about as far as physically? Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't. Know, I think about how I want to okay, depth. If I was them, how I'd want to be called that. They, they're impressive. Okay, I'm not without singling somebody out. And um, do I think that we're going to end up with Ty and and uh, Carlos both in the rotation start of the season? I hope so. But shame on us if we're not prepared. But you know, I, I think they're more than what ifs. You know, I think they're going to, you know, be some. You know, some people, they're not the only ones that uh, give us some good feeling about if we do have those issues to be able to have some consistency there. You know, I've, I was really impressed with one or both of them today, two of them. But there were three. Buck, just wondering, uh, you probably saw the Phillies sign Kyle Schwarber. Mm. Do you think. Um, I just heard, heard about it. Uh, yeah, after. I mean, do you think a move like that increases the importance of. Finding a you know kind of a experienced lefty for the bullpen. Um, that's a good point, it, but doesn't increase you know Billy's Billy's been on top of that from the get go. It's you know I'm I'm going to look from within what we have here and uh, try not to overlook an orchid while searching for a rose. You know, so there's somebody I look at it as somebody here, and if Billy walks in and, and thinks we have a better solution. Somewhere else, I, I certainly don't want the players thinking. I mean, if you're left-handed here, and and I'm saying we've got to find a guy. I mean, what does that say? So, I think it's if we don't have a left-hander in our bullpen, you know, Trevor, Seth, Edwin, Otto, they can get left-hand hitters out. Tony in the back. Is uh, given how many innings he threw last year relative to previous years, McGill. Mm -hmm. um, is he a guy you could look at potentially in the bullpen, or if he doesn't, you know, make the starting five, would he potentially just be stretched out in the minors? I don't think we're there yet. Uh, you know, my, my gut is that he's just such a good starting pitcher prospect that you know you'd hate to use that against him, uh, having you know five other guys, but. Um, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. It's too early in the camp to, to rule something out. But, you know, from a development standpoint, it would be a little bit of a stretch to keep him here in the pen with what our needs are going to be if he doesn't make the club. All right, so we go from Buck talking about the weather to Robinson Cano talking about his PED usage. Very weird segue there. And Cano was talking about his transgressions, kind of. The, the media, you'll hear, kept trying to get a why. Cano kept circling around with a what. Here's how it all played out, and you guys can decide whether or not you still want to be judgmental or accepting. Uh, it's good to see everyone again. Um, I'm here to apologize. First of all, to the MEX organization, to my teammates, the fans, and you guys. There's no excuses for how or why. All I know that I prepared myself the past season to help this team to compete for a championship. Robinson, why did you do it again? Well, there's no excuses. Like I said, there's no excuses. You know, 
I'm here to apologize, you know, face to face and like I say, organization, teammates, fans, in the media, and everyone in the world who is um, a Robinson Cano's fan. With all you had to lose, what was the thought process where, in the moment anyway, it felt like something worth risking? Well, for me, the, the toughest part was not, not being here last year. Honestly, like, not being part of this team, knowing that um, that I can help them in any way to to make it to the playoff. And for me, cheer from from a TV or from home is is that's, that 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 was for me the toughest part. To follow up on Steve's second question, what what was the I guess reasoning, not an excuse, but a reason to use the steroid? Well, it's, it's like I said. For me, there's there's no there's no reason, no excuses. Um, I mean, you know, I I cannot live in the past, or you know, I just you know, right now I'm just happy to be back, happy that um you know we got a new manager, new GM, new coaches, and be 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 able to be back here in the team and and help this team to compete for a championship. I mean that that's something that um you know I'm more than happy to be back and be able to play the game that I love. What did you tell your teammates when you spoke to them on Monday? Well, I apologize to them. You know, like I tell you guys, there's no excuses, and you know, I apologize to them, and you know, I tell Buck that I want to do it because um you know they deserve it. They deserve that I apologize and. That's what I did, and I want to do it on the first few days, so that way we 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 knock that out and just focus on play baseball. I don't want to be a distraction for the team. Mike, right next to you. Robbie, it seems there's a large portion of the fan base that it, that is angry and doesn't even want you back and is rooting for you to fail. I mean, is, is that something you can deal with? Well, I, I'm gonna do everything that I that I can to have them cheer for me again. And like I said, I, I prepare myself and, you know, knowing that, um, you know, now we got a great team and being part of this team, you know, I'm going to do everything I can so I can have them cheer for me again. Can you sit here and guarantee you won't test positive a third time? Well, I'm, 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 I'm here. That's why I'm here as a man and, and give you guys an apology. And it was tough for me this past year. You know, there's... Um, you know, being at home, things are going through your head. I mean, something that um, you know, still that sometimes you, you know, you know, you don't want to share. You keep it in yourself, and but it's, it's, it 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 wasn't good. It's it's not for me. You know, love this game. Grew up in a family that played this game, and not be able to play the game. It was really tough. All right, so Cano served the 162-game suspension last year. He had previously missed 80 games in 2018 because of a positive test with the Mariners. Forfeited $24 million last year. He still owed $48 million over the next two years. Mariners on the hook for $7.5 million of that. So if it weren't for multiple PED suspensions, you could make the case Cano, 39 years old now, 
would be on a Hall of Fame path because along with 334 home runs, you're talking a career batting average of 303, eight all-star selections, five silver sluggers, two gold gloves. He had 10 homers in his uh, last, what, 49 games for the Mets, I guess it was, in 2020, his highest OPS since his Yankees days. Will it be Cano getting a shot at second base or will he just DH? Buck Showalter says Jeff McNeil is his second baseman, at least right now. McNeil wearing number one since Starling Marte has claimed number six. Uh, McNeil, look, he crushed fastballs his first full season with the Mets. He had 340 with a 545 slug on that pitch. Last year, those numbers fell to 253 with a 349 slug. Okay, so he's still a contact machine. He just still has to make that contact count again. Last year started with pretty much an empty 100 at-bats or so. He was hitting 240, had eight runs batted in. Then he was on the injured list for five weeks, had the hamstring thing. Last 88 games, 27 runs batted in. He hit 254, a little better. Maybe he found his stroke right at the end. He hit 423 in the last two weeks to get up to 258 overall. And that slugging percentage, 344, that's a long way from the 531 that came with that big second-half home run binge in 2019. But uh, I'm hoping, I know you are too, that McNeil gets back to closer to that this year. As for a bullpen lefty, it looks like the Mets are going to reunite with Chasen Shreve who they had a couple years ago. Former Yankee, pitched for the Pirates. They're working on his return officially as we speak. Played his college ball at the College of Southern Nevada with Bryce Harper. It's originally from Las Vegas, Bonanza High School, where the principal, no doubt, is Lauren Green. That's for those of you 50 or over. You're welcome. Other than chasing Shreve, the Mets are still chasing other options because they have to. Otherwise, we'd better get to know Alex Claudio because for now, he's the only other lefty in there with a decent track record. Uh, this is a guy who's originally from Puerto Rico, former Ranger, Brewer, and Angel. Struggled in Anaheim last year. He got released with a five-and-a-half ERA at the end of July. Hooked on with Boston's AAA team in Worcester. After that, the Woo Sox, not great results there either. But if the Mets can unearth what he had in his Rangers days, he had a 2.5 ERA in 2017, saved 11 games. That would be a nice thing to have if you can't have Aaron Loop. I still expect the Mets will add another lefty arm to the pen. I think they'll forage and find one. But, you know, I was pleasantly surprised when I was reminded how well Miguel Castro did against lefties last year. He faced close to 150 of them, 2.1 ERA, 198 opponents batting average, got a lot of ground balls. And again, in a division with Juan Soto, Matt Olson now, Bryce Harper, here comes Kyle Schwarber. A late-inning lefty seems like a pretty valuable commodity. And for now, it's just Alex Claudio O'Brien. I, I couldn't help myself. couple final notes for you coming up on this glorious St. Patrick's Day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So we learned yesterday no Chris Bryant to the Mets. He signs with the Rockies instead, which is a bummer. He'll be at City Field for the Old Timers Day, at least at the end of August. Speaking of which, a revamped regular season schedule has now been unveiled. Opening series against Washington that was supposed to happen at the end of March. That's now going to be your closing series Monday through Wednesday, October 3 through 5. The two games that were wiped out against the Braves will be sprinkled in as part of doubleheaders. Tuesday, May 3rd, a single admission doubleheader in Flushing, then a split double dip that's now scheduled for Saturday, August 6th. That is a 1-10 game with a 7-10 to follow. The Mets have also now moved their game on June 29th to a day game against the Astros, so please note that. It used to be a night game, now they go at 1-10. Please note that Sundays this year will not be 1-10. They're going to be 1-40. We got so used to 110 the last couple decades, but now MLB's national media rights requirements say the earliest they want to be televising games is 140. So sleep in 30 minutes later or get in line just that much earlier at Shake Shack, however you want to play it here. Tickets for all Mets games available at Mets.com. Some of them coming with that fantastic 60% off deal in conjunction with the team's 60th anniversary. And finally, coming soon to a college football team near you, Doc Gooden's son. Dylan Gooden is a 17-year-old junior defensive end at Our Lady of Good Counsel in Maryland, and he's moved from wide receiver to edge rusher, and he is an elite prospect, the number two prospect in the entire state of Maryland, according to one uh, ranking here. He has 21 scholarship offers. He's looked at USC and Penn State and Maryland and West Virginia, Tennessee and Pitt. How about that? Doc Gooden's son could be a football star. On St. Patty's Day, our Mets in the Morning house band that somehow features not a single bagpipe. You thought I was going to go Jim McAndrew, Roger McDowell, Joe McEwing, Tug McGraw, right? Or Greg McMichael, Jeff McNeil, Brian McRae, and Kevin McReynolds. No, we're doing the O's. Charlie O'Brien was the guy that was on that keyboard thing. Darren O'Day was slapping the bass. Tom O'Malley, ladies and gentlemen, was on the horns. And your drummer, Eric O'Flaherty. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks for your patience. Make sure and tune in for another Ethnic Holiday Podcast sometime down the line. Cheers.